Well, listen, it is great to be here. If I've never met you, I can't wait to meet you. Some of you that maybe were here back in the day when I was at North Star, I'd love to catch up a little bit with you. If you were looking forward to hearing Mike this morning, I am sorry you get me instead. But I will try to include as many baseball metaphors in my message as possible. I will. (laughs) It's great to be back. Listen, I... My life changed when I came to North Star. I would not be who I am if I had not had the opportunity to serve on this staff and continue to have the relationship that we have with North Star. I could could tell you story after story after story of how North Star helped our church financially at different stages in the life of our church. But because of North Star's generosity, Church at the Grove exists, and we are sharing the gospel um, on the east side of Atlanta, just like you're sharing the gospel here in Cobb County and the surrounding areas. So it is great to be with you this morning. Here's what I want want you to know is is this. One of the most important things you can do on this earth is to let people know They are not alone. Let me say it again. One of the most important things you can do on this earth is to let people know they are not alone. Let people know they're not alone. April 14th, 1865 was a significant day in the history of our country. It's the day that President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And so when they were taking things out of the pockets of the president, um, here are a few things they they found. One was a a handkerchief that was embroidered. Um, He had a a country pen knife, just, just like all of us, you know, guys out in the country, we carry in our pockets. He had a, he had a spec, spectacles case for his glasses in his pocket. He had a purse containing a $5 bill. And then he also had a collection of newspaper articles with headlines about how great a job Abraham Lincoln was doing as president. Isn't that interesting? Now, we know from our perspective in 2023 that that Abraham Lincoln was a great president. He, He did a lot of great things. I mean, significant. But do you think he knew that right in the middle of his circumstances? He had to carry headlines about himself being a great president to remind him and to encourage himself in the middle of his job and so our chief want in life is for someone who will inspire us to be what we know we can be that's our chief want in life our desire in life is for somebody to come alongside of us and and inspire us to be what we know we can be. And so so today's message is about living for Jesus in our culture. 
It's not getting easier. Anybody got an amen for that? Living for Jesus in our culture is not getting easier. We need friends who will help us run the race and follow Jesus. We need people around us that will help us run the race and follow Jesus. See, the Apostle Paul, when he went out to share the gospel with Gentile nations, non-Jewish, unreached people groups, he did so without really having a lot of people around him. And, And so some of those people that eventually came around him, they go unnamed in the Bible except for a few. Now, one of those that played a huge role in the life of the Apostle Paul is a man, an obscure man, it's mentioned on one place in the Bible, named Onesiphorus. Would you just say that with me? Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus. Let's just say it together. Onesiphorus. Now, I'm convinced. Let me tell you something. I'm convinced that Mike Lynch gave me this week because he did not want to say this name. I mean, listen, he could have had me come. I could have partnered with Stephanie on Lydia. We could have knocked it out of the park. There's your baseball metaphor. Larry and I could have, could have, could have taken the Samaritan woman story and, and really done really well with it. Joanna, Philip, and the Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, any of those I could have preached. Barabbas even. But Mike gives me Onesiphorus. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've said Onesiphorus in the past two weeks? And if I can't say it, I'm just going to say the big O, okay? If I mess it up. <laughs> and so would you stand with me and let's read out of God's word. Second Timothy Paul's last letter, Paul's last letter that he wrote in Scripture, he writes to his son in the ministry named Timothy. And here's what he says. He says, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Figulus and Hermogenes. Let me just stop for a second. What two awful names You know, there are no kids. There are no families naming their kids Figulus or Mermogenes. You know why? Because they deserted Paul. (laughs) May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus. Name your child Onesiphorus. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know how well, you, you know how helpful he was. You know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father. We pray that you would speak to us. God, I specifically pray, God, that you would raise up 
encouragers, an army of encouragers out of this fellowship. You've already, you've already raised up a great church. But Father, we live in a difficult society, a place where it is hard to live out our faith. So God, raise up in us the spirit of Onesiphorus, an encouraging spirit where we can encourage others in their journey. So, Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would come and speak to us. We believe when we open up this book that you open up your mouth and you speak. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. All right, have a seat. If you are a note taker, whether you're in the room or you're following us online or you're in the chapel, you can take notes. We're talking about what a true friend is. All these words begin with the letter U. A true friend that we find through this passage, a true friend is uplifting. A true friend is uplifting. Verse 15 out of 2 Timothy 1. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me. This is Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. He is imprisoned in Rome. This is his second imprisonment. He is in chains. And this isn't, this isn't a, a prison like we know today. I mean, he is in an awful, awful dungeon chained in awful circumstances. And he says, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Figulus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He often visited and encouraged me. True friends are uplifting. True friends They bring energy to the room. True friends are like a ray of sunshine when they walk through the door, right? A true friend, when they come in, Mike's not in here. He was at the early service. He's traveling right now. But but Mike Lynch is a true friend. Y'all know what an encourager Mike is. This room, and I know Mike would say, God gets all the glory. Mike would say he has an awesome staff, and he does. But Mike is one of those guys, when he walks in the room, the temperature in the room changes. Some of you are like that. Then there's people on the other side of the spectrum. They walk into a room, and you see them, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. Oh. Don't point at anybody. Don't, don't elbow, don't look at, don't look at your spouse. You walk, they walk in the room and the energy drains, right? It's just people, they're always, oh, woe is me. Eeyore, anybody remember Eeyore? You know what I call people like that? E-G-R's, extra grace required. 
they, they are the extra grace required. There, it's always I, 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 I've got a problem, and and so so Paul is saying Onesiphorus is he is a friend who is uplifting. He is he is the kind of person that the Lord has brought into my life. Charles Spurgeon, the great. English preacher, he says, friendship is one of the sweetest joys of life. Many might have failed beneath the bitterness of their trial had they not found a friend. And so listen, friends are hard to come by. Friends are important. Johann Wolfgang von Gogh, he says this, instruction does much, but encouragement does everything. And so we all need encouragement. Friends are uplifting but true friends, listen, they're not just uplifting. They are unfazed. True friends are unfazed. Listen to this, verse 15. As you know, even everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Vigilus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. Friends stay with you through thick and thin. When the going gets tough, true friends stay with you. They hang in there. They're loyal. They're unfazed. They're unfazed. Their love is unconditional. Onesiphorus risked his life by being Paul's friend. He runs into Rome. Rome is not a friendly place for Christians at this point. Christians are being persecuted. They're being put to death. And Paul is saying, saying Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus is my friend. He, he's not ashamed of me. He's unfazed. Paul is, is, is literally imprisoned. And so chains... They signify shame and humiliation. And so Paul is, is feeling this, this shame and humiliation because, because of his imprisonment. He mentions it several times. He mentions his chains four times in this passage. Verse 7, verses 13 and 14 and verse 17. There's a, there's a stigma attached to his imprisonment, this, this, this shame and humiliation. And, and so he, he's, he's so thankful that Onesiphorus would, would run into the Rome and, and even in the midst of his shame and humiliation would become his friend. He is, Onesiphorus is unf unfazed. True friends are unfazed. Now you got to need you need to know at this this point in history is, is when Nero is covering Christians with pitch and burning them to light his garden parties. Other Christians are being thrown to the lions in the Colosseum to satisfy the public's perverted lust for blood. Onesiphorus deliberately goes into this dangerous situation, and he wants to get to Paul. Because he knows I've got to get it to him and, and encourage him. He's in a difficult situation. He is in great need. And so friends are, 
True friends are unfazed, but true friends are also unrelenting. True friends are unrelenting. Verse 17 says, when he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. Unrelenting. Onesiphorus cared more about Paul than himself. He, he knew Paul needed a friend. He knew that Paul needed encouragement. He didn't just have good intentions. Listen to me. He didn't just have good intentions. He followed those intentions up with action. He showed up. True friends are unrelenting. Augustine, the great theologian and church leader, he said, there is no better proof of friendship than to help our friends with their burdens. Help our friends with their burdens. You know what that takes? It takes time. It takes, it takes time out of our busy schedules. We live in the busiest culture of the history of the world. We, we are the busiest people that has ever existed in history. I'm talking about those of us in the United States. Busy, hurried, hurried. There's such a thing as hurry sickness now. There's a famous story about Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard, one of my, one of my favorite writers. He was a philosopher at the University of Southern California. He passed away several years ago. I had to read him. I had to read his writings in seminary. And, and he wrote at this level. And, and, it, and it took me a long time to understand it. But he, he, he was so wise and way ahead of his time. And so he is mentoring this, this younger pastor who is, who is trying to navigate pastoring in the, in the United States, especially in a, in a megachurch type culture. And, and so uh, John Ortberg is his name. He calls Dallas one day and he says, Dallas, I need you to answer a question. What do I need to do to be the me that I want to be? What do I do? And Dallas, after a long pause, answers the question. He says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. It's a man. John is writing down, like, really fast. He's writing those words. I mean, he's really, he's really hurried. About getting those, he's got to write it perfect. Some of you get that, right? And he, he asked, he says, Dallas, I got it. Okay, what, what's next? What's next? Dallas says, there is no next. John, there is no next. There's no nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. If you want to live the life of Onesiphorus, you want to have the spirit of encouragement that he had, 
you want to love like him? You want to be the kind of friend that he was to someone like Paul, to the Apostle Paul? You, you've got to get this down. That face value doesn't seem like that. it's that big of a deal. It doesn't seem like it's the biggest issue in our, in our spiritual development or followers of Jesus. But, but what I have learned as a pastor, a church planner, is that people are far too busy to become like Jesus in our culture. And as a result, we're, we, we are a burned out, stressed out, overworked, tired nation of souls that are not full of the abundant life that Jesus came to bring. Corey Ten Boom said it this way. She said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. So what do we do? We slow to the speed of love. We slow down to the speed of love. We slow down to the speed of love. We must slow to the speed of love. What, what does that look like? What does that look like? Jesus, Jesus had a, a lawyer that came up to him and, and said, how, how, how must, what, I, what must I do to have eternal life? And, and, and Jesus says, well, what, what does the law say? And, and, and you must know you're a lawyer. You know the law. He, says, he said, well, I need to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I must love my neighbor as myself. He, Jesus said, that's great. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer wasn't really satisfied to justify, to justify what was missing in his heart. He asked the question, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And so Jesus says, I'll tell you a story. There's a man that was walking on the Jericho Road from Jericho to Jerusalem, and he was overtaken by attackers and robbers, and they, they beat him, and they robbed him, and they left him for dead right there in the road. And here comes hero number one, right? Here comes hero number one. He is the, he is the, the, the spiritual leader. He is the the priest, he is the, the senior pastor, if you will. So he certainly, he is going to stop and help, right? No, he's got somewhere to be. He's got, he's got things to do. Last summer, I, I, I hiked the Jericho Road, and it's really not a road. We think of a road with two lanes. It is a little pathway. And so it's not like they could walk around the man who was beaten. They would have had to literally just step over him. And they continue going. He continued going. Here comes hero number two. He is the assistant pastor. Certainly the assistant pastor. He's the Levite. He's coming. He'll stop and he'll help. No, he steps over him as well. So what happens? A Samaritan comes. Now go back to the beginning of this series, or one of the almost the beginning of the series, where Larry and Mike share about the Samaritan woman, and they talk about the significance 
of, of being a Samaritan in that culture of that day. And it will help you understand part of the significance of that story. What I want you to know is that we must slow to the speed of love. God has a speed, and it is the speed of love. 1 John 2, 11 says, But if anyone who, who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness, such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The point is, is that God is love. And for us to understand the heart of Onesiphorus and his spirit of encouragement, we have got to grow spiritually, which means we've got to slow down to the pace that God moves at. Spiritual maturity is measured in our love for God and our love for others. It's your mission statement. Love God, love others. Let's say it together. Live sent. In his book, Three Mile an Hour God, the late Japanese theologian Kosuke Koyama, he said it this way. He said, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has a speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed that, to which we are accustomed. It is a slow. It is slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds since it is the speed of love. And so my wife, sitting right here, yesterday was 28 years, it was our anniversary, 28-year anniversary yesterday, yeah, that is a good thing, she has hung in there with me, she has the spirit of Onesiphorus. And so yesterday, we... We had a few days away, and so we go to Dahlonega, and we are walking through Dahlonega at the speed of love. Three miles an hour. You know what three miles an hour is? It's, it's just a, a walk through the park. It's, it's, a, it's the speed at which you can have a conversation. This is my wife. I, I, let me just introduce my whole family that's here. So my mother-in-law, her mother, Miss Janie, wave your hand. She, she, she understands the, the speed of love. She understands what it means to have. She is my Onesiphorus. She is an encourager to me. She prays for me. And these are my two sons, Josiah. Josiah. Jabril, no, Josiah, J Josiah and Jabril, my two sons, stand, stand up, stand up, y'all stand up, y'all give them encouragement, encourage them, stand, no, stand up, 
Y'all stand up. Listen, they are both single. They, no, y'all stand up. They have jobs. Yes, they have jobs. I'm telling you, the boys would be a great catch. The frontal lobes have fully developed. I'm sorry. You know that Mike Lynch played college baseball? That's just, I want to share that. Uh. Isn't it good to laugh for a second? So God walks at the speed of love. The spirit of Onesiphorus. The final characteristic of a true friend is being unselfish. It's being unselfish. Verse 18, he says, And you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. And Paul is referring to his ministry as a, as a, taking the gospel to unreached people, going into Ephesus and, and sharing the gospel, planting a church. O, o, Onesiphorus was part of that. He was a servant in the gospel ministry. So he is, at some point, he, he became a, a follower of Jesus, probably under Paul's ministry. He understood what, what it meant to put your faith in Jesus, that Jesus came, he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, and, and at the age of around 30, he went public with his ministry, he began to teach, he taught with an authority, he healed, he cast out demons, he demonstrated that the kingdom of God has come, it's here. And then he surrendered his life and he suffered. He, he was brutally crucified on a Roman cross. And then on the third day, he was bodily resurrected to prove that he had power over sin and death and the grave. And Onesiphorus had put his faith in that. I'm giving my life to this Jesus that Paul has preached And because of my love for Paul, I'm going to continue to live my life unselfishly. I'm going, to, I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to be a servant to others. I'm going to, I'm going to take the gospel. Paul may not come out of that dungeon, but I will carry on the gospel. Can we just 
pause for a second here. I'm going to ask you to do something that's probably outside of your comfort zone. It may be outside of the comfort zone of what normally goes on at North Star. It certainly is outside of my comfort zone. But I just feel, I feel led by the Holy Spirit to ask you, to ask if any of you are discouraged and you feel weighed down and your heart is hurting and you need a touch you need a touch of encouragement if you are discouraged and you are weighed down I'm just going to ask would you be willing I know this is bold this is this might be uncomfortable would you be willing to stand would you be willing to stand stand up and say I'm discouraged thank you ma'am thank you see I want you to see we live in a a culture we live in a world that's where there's just a lot of heavy heavy stuff and so remain standing thank you thank you for your boldness thank you for being willing to be open and to be honest now North Star the rest of you have an opportunity right now to carry the spirit of Onesiphorus and you can gather around these people and we can pray over them to be encouraged in the Lord so I'm going to ask would some of you would some of you be willing to stand and gather around the people that are standing Let's carry, let's carry this spirit of encouragement. Let's be people that will make sure that while we're on the earth, nobody will be alone. And let's pray. Listen, you might be led to go pray over somebody that didn't stand. You might, need, you might feel led to go speak life over somebody. And so let's just, can we pray? Can we pray for those of you that stood and were willing to stand? Let's pray for encouragement. Father, we pray right now for a spirit of encouragement over the lives of these people that were willing to stand up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm weighed down. I'm carrying heavy burdens and I need the spirit of Onesiphorus, and what that is, is Jesus in him. Jesus, through him, that encourage Paul, Lord, encourage these people, encourage these individuals. We pray for the Holy Spirit to empower them. Lord, lead them, speak to them. We pray against the enemy that wants to whisper lies and discouragement into our ears and our hearts and our minds. 
And we pray that the truth of God's word will go forth. And Father, we would walk in encouragement. God, bring people around them. Don't let this be a one-time thing. God, let it be something that continues on past today. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all together we said, amen, amen. God bless you guys.